This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Today on the show, has Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim's Madari government done enough for the business community after a year of being in charge? On this fine Friday or slightly gloomy Friday afternoon, it marks exactly a year since Anwar Ibrahim was sworn in as Malaysia's 10th Prime Minister, marking an incredible comeback for a man who was first lined up for the job back in the 1990s, probably the longest audition for a job in decades. Uh, but has he lived up to the expectations put upon him, whether from his supporters, by the business community, or just from people watching? Anwar Ibrahim cobbled together a government among, and among other things, came up with the Malaysia Madani framework, which we, he said in July is aimed at boosting the Malaysian economy and will have revenue spillover to the people to enjoy a better quality of life. So today we're taking a business lens and examining his first year in power. But if you'd like to hear different angles, we've been covering this across the station as well from different angles. Uh, just go to bfm.my and look up Anwar Ibrahim. For example, earlier this week, Dashran Johan from The Bigger Picture took the governance and reform angle. The part, That podcast is titled One Year of Malaysia Madani. Did the reformists reform the system? Morning Run obviously also took a stab at this and they took it from the economic policy view. And their show is titled One Year, A One-Year Review of the Madani Economy. They also did a political one earlier this morning. Today on Enterprise Business Bites, we'll break down what the business community thinks of this government after one year of Malaysia Madani, how the business ecosystem has progressed from a year ago, if at all, and what all these announced billion ringgit investments really mean for local businesses here. Helping me discuss all this and more, I've got on the line with me Dr. Juita Mohammad, Director of Research and Director of Economics and Business Unit at the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs, more commonly known as IDEAS, as well as Chin Chi Seong. He's the National Secretary General at the SME Association of Malaysia. If you have any thoughts on this, you can WhatsApp us to our U-Mobile number at 018-789-8899. Uh, Mr. Chin, Dr. Juita, thank you both for joining me over the line. Can you hear me loud and clear? Yes, thank you, Roshan. Some good audio coming in. Uh, and uh, just for the sake of all of us, I'm going to directly name the people who are going to answer the question so that there's no confusion. As we look back at this here, in your respective views, let's get straight to the point. Has the government done enough for the business community? Uh, Mr. Chen, let's start with you. Great. Uh, okay, let me do a quick one. In fact, uh, when we move around with checking with all our uh, business community, there are, there are two ways of thoughts. One way of thoughts is that uh, for the past one year, PM is putting a lot of attention to stabilize the political landscape rather than attention to the business community. Hmm. Though there are uh, various uh, you know, initiatives such as the MMIP and, uh, and other initiatives where the budget to address the concern of the business, but uh, this group of people think that's not good enough. But there's another group of people that thought that uh, they are really satisfied with what the PM performance. Uh, and due to the fact that he has only one year and also the fact that he has not been in the government for the past, you know, probably 20, 30 years. And uh, he's now taking a leader step. And for him to just immediately make changes within a year, it is pretty impossible. So they, they say that uh, it should be giving more time. Uh, more sufficient time is uh, required for him to demonstrate his performance. But so far, as my personal view, he has, in fact, done a pretty good job 
uh, for the business community, at least he's trying. You know, he's been moving around. And uh, of course, there are pros and cons that uh, that policy they're setting up. But in general, I would say I'll give you a plus and the thumbs up for the first <laughs> one. You know? Hi. Do you have an alphabet grade, uh, Mr. Chin? Between A and E? <laughs> <laughs> I would say a B plus. <laughs> B plus, B plus. I mean, now we'll break down, of course, the, the details of all that as we go through this conversation. Uh, Dr. Juita, over to you. Um, how has the current government done, has the current government done enough for the business community here in Malaysia? Um, thank you for that question. I'm going to look at um, the policies that have been um, introduced mm-hmm. and also um, related um, issues on trade and investment. So we do see that, you know, there's this uh, momentum of rolling out of different types of uh, master plans. Um, Three so far, the uh, new industrial master plan, the National Energy Transition Roadmap, and also the midterm review of the 12th Malaysia plan. So I think this signals an urgency towards restructuring um, or uh, structural reforms uh, that entails shifting uh, towards higher value-added activities, um, towards you know sustainable um, methods, and also advancing technology adoption um, of different players within the industry. Um, and we do see that, again, these initiatives are very much welcome. But I think at the end of the day, accessibility will remain key in um, ensuring that local players, local eligible players are able to tap into those incentives effectively to either upskill or upgrade um, their inputs. Um, So on trade and investment, we did see that, you know, the prime minister has been actively engaging with international partners like China, the U.S. and the UAE in his first year. Um, collectively, the proposed investments announced um, stands at about 239 billion ringgit uh, for these three countries. So it's it's apparent that his priority is in bringing investments. And again, this is also aligned with Malaysia's commitment in other mu- multilateral uh, trade pacts. Um, it's good to know that under his watch, both RCEP and CPTPP have continued to be enforced, uh, meaning to say that there's no U-turns in decisions that were being made. And we do see, again, other free trade agreements are being negotiated or renegotiated, like the upgrade of the ASEAN-China free trade agreement and also the um, renegotiation of the Malaysia-EU um, FTA. So again, um, it seems that we're liberalizing, uh, we're open, um, and the um, current government is also um, supporting um, that vision. Uh, but again, I think the issue here is in terms of implementation and capacity building. I think this is very important because we need to ensure that local players, MSMEs, um, can also benefit from increased market access beyond um, the Malaysian market. Um, And here I would like to note again, um, there needs to be improved transparency um, on the reporting of Mm. proposed versus real investments uh, to the, not just to the public, but also to other industry players and regulators. Um, We do see that um, if information asymmetry can be uh, minimized, 
uh, this can also improve investment efficiency in the long run. So that's my take on the first question. And Dr. Jita, we'll dive into all those key areas because the trade, the investment areas, sometimes these seem, can, can seem like very top line, very big things. But what do they mean on the ground for local businesses? We'll tap into that a little later. Um, Mr. Chin, when we look at, you know, just looking at the past year, so you gave uh, the B plus. Sorry, Dr. Jita, do you have a do you have a grading system for what you'd give the uh, Madadi government based on the trade side and the investment side and your particular concerns around execution and transparency and the like? Maybe about B. Okay, so we're seeing we're seeing B B pluses around. Um, uh, Mr. Chin, when we look at given your B plus grade, let's take a look at the last year and if we dive into the details overall, where do you see the key improvements for business conditions, or where do your members see the key improvements for business conditions here for those who are more optimistic, and for those who are you know more can be done a bit more on the pessimistic side, where are the gaps that uh, uh, that they're seeing. For, for the business community, for this stage, in fact, uh, I give a B plus because of their commitment, their initiative and uh, their, their action and their implementation with the, all those uh, initiatives. And But uh, for the business sentiment, they're still not so good uh, for the past mm. uh, eight months uh, or now 10 months already. Uh, most of the businesses are either remain the same or worse off. And uh, probably close to 20, 30% say their business is pretty okay. Uh, and, and and happy about it, but the rest are not. Uh, so, but this is not so much on their issue of the, uh, you know, their initiative not working whatsoever. It is because of the global uh, economic situation, including our own local problem with the, you know, higher cost of uh, goods and you know, all, all this stuff, and uh, higher cost of uh, doing business also increase. Mm. Uh, you know, the electricity uh, fees bill also went up. And all these things add into that. So the business sentiment are not too good, but they are pretty happy about it because they see some light, you know, that they can work on with the initiatives like such as the NMIP and those that mentioned by Junita. Uh, so this is the fact. And uh, also we hope, you know, the latest issue that we face now with Palestine and the Israel war, that also affect some of our our industry players. For instance, for instance, um, for the uh, furniture industry, the furniture industry, a lot of their main uh Customer, the largest customer are from US and they are uh, Australian. So that is where they are also worried because of this, uh, you know, against of Malaysia spoken up too, too strongly against it may affect their business. This is this is the other worry that we have. Mm. I think the Prime Minister has come out to, uh, he's quite confidently come out to say that he doesn't think it will impact anything, but I think that is a sentiment, as you mentioned, it's a sentiment in some parts of the business uh, community. Overall, uh, Mr. Jin, has it become easier to do business in Malaysia in the last year? And has that been because of the government or because we're seeing a general recovery post-pandemic? I don't see that it's easier doing business. It's the same. Mm. It's just that, you know, people are putting more attention now. You know, have been resting for a while. Now they're going to business activities, especially of the service industry. You can see a lot of new F&B outlets that are coming up. You have never seen before. A lot of changes, changes in hand they're moving on because there's a lot of companies start registering. You know, the amount of company in the service industry have increased, you know, compared to the last two years because they are back into business. Hopefully business is good. But the consumer spending is also another issue right now. You know, the company spending, the confidence is very low. Even their their volume may be, number of volume may be high, people are coming out, but the quantum, the amount they spend is getting very much less. Yeah, I think uh, MIER's data, was it a week or two weeks ago, showed uh, sentiment was down to almost 
the same level as the Q1 2021, if I'm not mistaken, which is basically during the pandemic time. Now, before we go into a quick break, uh, Dr. Juita, talk to us a little bit about um, key improvements and uh, key gaps uh, based on the areas that you covered earlier. So things like trade, like investment, and how that relates to the business environment here. Um, so as mentioned before, it's good that um, we're part of different uh, free trade agreements. But again, these free trade agreements have different um, conditions and terms um, that would need to be applied uh, by all uh, businesses. So I think here the gap is, again, the implementation and the uptake of these uh, free trade agreements uh, for local players, uh, especially among the uh, small and medium-sized enterprises. Um, so a key challenge would be on how companies and also businesses adhere to rules of origin, because in most of these um, free trade agreements, there is a provision where the local content will be of a certain um, degree or a certain level. So this is the, this again requires a lot of resources, a lot of understanding. And when we do talk to uh, Miti, for example, this would be one of the key issues where the MSMEs would find um, different um, blockage. Um, and this is where I think capacity building is very much needed. Um, there would need a lot uh, to be a lot of handholding, but again, um, these these free trade agreements are supposed to benefit local uh, firms and not just multinational firms located in Malaysia. So I think um, we need to um, also think about how not only how local firms can be part of the supply chain um, to these MNCs who are exporters. But we also need to think of how we can propel these local businesses to be exporters themselves. So mm. for now, we do see that there's like a limited number of firms, local firms who are actually exporters. Um, and again, I think uh, the MSMEs would need uh, more help if um, we are going to have them to be one of the exporters in the next few years to come. So, yeah, that's my take on that. All right. And we'll explore that in more detail in a few minutes. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with Dr. Juita Mohamad, Director of Research and Director of Economics and the Business Unit at IDEAS. That's the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs. We've also got uh, Mr. Chin Ti Siong. He's the National Secretary General at SME Association of Malaysia. And on the anniversary of the first year since Datu Sri Anwar Ibrahim's government was uh, was sworn in as Prime Minister, we're examining from a business lens uh, how the uh, government has what the government has done for the business community. Uh, I'm Roshan Kainasin. We'll be back in just a bit here on Enterprise Biz Bites. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Behold freedom, Malaysia. BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, that was Vertigo by U2. And you're now listening to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kainasin. Today marks exactly one year since Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim was sworn in as Malaysia's 10th Prime Minister. And on the back of that, we're asking, has his government, has his Madani government done enough for the business community after a year of being in charge? Helping me discuss this has and all that and more has been Dr. Joita Mohamad, 
uh, Director of Research and Director of the Economics and Business Unit at I- the Institute of Democracy and Economic Affairs, more commonly known as IDEAS. Also on the line with me is Mr. Chin Chi Xiong. He's the National Secretary General at the SME Association of Malaysia. Uh, thank you both for sticking around for me and I hope you enjoyed that uh, track there from uh, you too. Uh, Dr. Juita, one of the key areas I think you were talking about earlier uh, was the investment side of things. And I think one of the numbers you quoted was improved, approved investments or in or investments that were announced amounted to around just under 250 billion ringgit. Now, Tengku Datu Sri Utama Zafrul Tengku Abdul Aziz, the Minister of Investment, Trade and Industry, said that we have continued to be able to attract these big investments from global companies due to our current political stability, strong supply chain ecosystem, and the fact that the top salesman job is being played by Anwar himself. So, ultimately, how would you assess the PM's success in being a salesman for Malaysia? Well, I think um, based on his action, I think he's been very proactive, as I mentioned before. Um, Again, looking out at potential partners, uh, new partners, and also um, existing partners, to bring back uh, investments and also um, to through investments, I think this can reignite uh, trade activities. And again, this is very important for uh, Malaysia, um, given that we are a small open economy. Um, and again, I think um, in terms of outreach and, um, and um, securing investment through building um, new um, trade and investment relations are very good. But I think um, we need to also be aware of how these MOUs and how these proposed investments are actually going to be translated onto the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I think for myself, I would want to know who the investors are and in which uh, type of industries. Because again, I mean, numbers are not the only important thing. We need to know if these investments are actually in the high end of the manufacturing sector? Does it bring more um, technology transfer, for example, or is this purely on a labor-intensive capacity? So um, I think it's good that we have strength in our manufacturing sector, but um, we need to also be um, um, aware that we do want to move up the value chain and um, um, and the mix of investors that we have on the ground would be very important uh, for us to realize uh, that vision in, in in the years to come. Now, you know, among this, that uh, the numbers that we're seeing, all these big numbers and these big names coming in, but a lot of that, there's also a lot of other players that are investing in the country. So it's important to have transparency, as you noted there, uh, Juita. Now, do- domestic direct investment accounted for about 52% of total approved investments. That's up around 60% on year, while FDI was around 48%. Um, all this, again, sounds great on the surface of it, uh, but does it matter to businesses on the ground? And if so, why? Um, Mr. Chin, can I get your view on that? Okay, back to the question that you asked about effectiveness of PM being the... Yeah, you know, the salesperson and... And the sales over the country. <laughs> Definitely that's effective, you know, because he can be the final decision maker right at the same stage of negotiation, right? I think we have seen how Tesla came in. They are given some uh, uh, tariff relief and uh, some special uh, condition that can met is only can be committed by the Prime Minister himself. 
So those are the things that I would say uh, because of the fact that he's moving around and he's uh, particularly keen into bringing FDI to Malaysia, which is good. The numbers always looks good. And I think must give him credit over there. And uh, being there at the front man is always uh, important for the country as well, right? And come back to the question of this uh, investment of DI, DDI also, how it benefits the locals. In fact, mm. uh, there are many uh, instances that uh, we do not feel much of uh, effect in terms of a business performance or any uh, business opportunity given to the locals. Uh, because the fact that I think, I would say the close monitoring of this uh, company that come in. Any company coming from um, my, uh, Min Maida, they are certain condition. They have to give a certain number of businesses back to the locals, be it the supply chain or be it a contractor to build the, the, the factory or whatsoever. Uh, but uh, that numbers wasn't being uh, transparent. You know, and we don't know. And how, how much will it plow back to us? You know, it, it, a couple of years ago, when you can see that the Chinese construction company invested a lot in Malaysia, but they bring in all the lieutenant and all your troops to come and build and uh, do all the contract here. We don't even uh, benefit, you know, the locals, SMEs, or even the business community don't really benefit from this. So we hope that the government will seriously look into how they can more transparent and also help to engage more our supply chain uh, SMEs or even those uh, mid-size or, or large-size SMEs to work closely with them. It, it can be a partner would be much better, right? So, because we have a lot of advantage for foreign investors to come in. Especially lately, you can see the lot of data center, mm. the huge data center being formed here. Uh, in fact, uh, at the regional data center have started moving to Malaysia. And a lot of these uh, projects are coming up from in Johor, in Sarajaya, and are we going to benefit from this? Is the local player going to benefit from this? Or are we just going to let them enjoy the lower electricity bill or whatsoever that we keep provide the benefit to them? So those are the things that we we want the uh, serious uh, you know, intervention from the government to look into uh, how they can monitor their progress and monitor their uh, their business here in, uh, to benefit back to the Malaysian uh, business community. Mr. Chen, I wonder, uh, you know, um, what would you, I guess, how would you like, uh, what would the ideal situation be like for local businesses in terms of bringing FDI and getting them involved? Could you give us a sense of what you'd like it to look like? I would prefer a, a, a joint partnership. You know, you come in with our partner and then maybe equity is smaller, but at least there's also technology transfer to us. In long term, they'll be benefited. If they come in and set everything here and then they go out, just to put some you know, extra uh, hiring of our local uh, you know, manpower. That is not what we want. In fact, we want to learn. As a partner, we can learn more rather than just you know, a supplier or a contractor. So these are the things that we foresee. We Hopefully, there are some guidelines as well. Right? Uh, you know, in, in Thailand, for in, 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 in Indonesia, for instance, that you, you must have a certain amount of local partners in certain industries. Right. In Thailand, especially now, you couldn't have 100% owned by foreign unless you got special approval from the ministry. So we are not asking for that, but at least there are some initiative of getting us, a local player, to work closely with this uh, FDI investor. And uh, they're going to build here. And then uh, probably MITI can also engage with some of the local players to introduce to them so that they can work closely together to form you know, a joint partnership here. Uh, Dr. Juita, any uh, anything you'd like to add or comment on based on what Mr. Chin has said in terms of how this you know translates to businesses on the ground, but also things that you know how all this should look like uh, to for us. 
I think again with um, the prime minister's active um, outreach, I think this would be. I mean, it would prove to be um, good um, when you would think about, you know, business sentiments and also consumer sentiments on the ground. Uh, but I think it goes back to the implementation. Um, I think sentiments can go only um, so far um, when these, um, yeah, when these uh, different agreements and also MOUs are being translated on the ground in a very transparent way. I think um, the business and also the consumer sentiments can continue to be positive in the medium term. Um, we also saw the services sector representing a significant share of the DDI, the domestic direct investment. That was around just under 55 billion ringgit. Um, obviously, this is all a bit jargony and there's a lot of components that go into all this. But specifically to the services sector, when we talk about DDI, uh, what does that mean to... Uh, the Malaysian economy and Malaysian businesses. Could you shed a bit of light on that, Dr. Jutta? Yeah, it was mentioned that um, in the services sector um, that more um, DDIs are being concentrated into that sector. Mm. I think it, it goes back to the structure of our economy. The services sector is the biggest um, employer of the formal sector, and this is followed by the manufacturing sector. So of course, this would also mirror the 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 share of of the services sector in the Malaysian um, uh, contribution to uh, uh, the 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 sector's contribution to GDP. So I think this is again a good sign that local investors are also targeting this sector. But on the downside, it shows um, the relative openness of the services sector, not just in Malaysia. I mean, it's traditionally known that, you know, when you think about trading goods, it's so easy to liberalize um, the, the trade um, in goods because all you need to do is to think about both the tariff measures and also the non-tariff measures. But again, for the services sector, you you it's it's very difficult to open up because of, again, um, several protectionist uh, measures. Again, especially when we think about traditional sectors like telecommunications, like energy, for example. But again, I do feel that because there is an increase of needs um, in terms of fintech and also ICT solutions, um, I do see that, you know, local players are going to be very active in this sector Coupled with, again, expertise from abroad, um, we're seeing um, data centers being brought back to Malaysia in terms of investments. We do see that in the ICT and fintech, uh, in the fintech sector, we do see a very active, um, vibrant community of both local and international players as well, from countries like China, even from Sweden um, on fintech solutions. So I think um, this is very good news all around. All right. Uh, Dr. Jirita, Mr. Chin, we've got to go into a few messages. When we come back, we'll talk about international trade, uh, how it's done uh, over the last one year and what else we should be focusing on. Folks, today on the show, on the back, uh, on the anniversary of Dr. Sri Anwar Ibrahim's sworn, uh, being sworn in as, the, as Prime Minister of Malaysia, we're taking a look at whether his government has done enough for the business community after a year of being in charge and what they should be focusing on. Tell us what you think over on WhatsApp at 018-789-8899 or you can tweet us at BFM Radio. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
Burning for more. BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. On the anniversary of the first year since Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim was sworn in as Malaysia's 10th Prime Minister, we're asking the question, has his Madani government done enough for the business community and what should they be focusing on? Helping me discuss all this and more has been Dr. Juita Mohamad from Ideas. He's the Director of Research and Director of the Economics and Business Unit at the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs. We've also got Mr. Chin Chi Siong. He's the National Secretary at the SME Association of Malaysia. So we've touched a little bit on your initial assessments in terms of how much the government, uh, this new government has done in the last one year for the business community, some areas that you want to see more focus on, and the investment side of things, right? All the billions of ringers we've heard that's being invested, some areas you'd like, how you'd like that to be done, but also some of the things that are uh, where these, uh, some of the areas uh, where we would want to see improvements as well. Now, let's talk a little bit about the international trade front because this is, I guess, a key area where we can improve market access for businesses here in Malaysia. Now, Dr. Juita, we've previously talked about the CPTPP or the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnerships here on the show and where Malaysia joined uh, as its ninth member. We're also working on two other trade deals. I think you mentioned a few other things as well. Talk to us a little bit about how important these trade deals are for local Malaysian businesses. Will it really move the needle for their abilities to increase sales and expand overseas? Um, yes, I think this is a difficult question indeed because mm. theoretically, um, these signed FTAs would mean bigger market access. Um, so we know that if Malaysia were to be compared to um, Indonesia or even Thailand and Vietnam, we are a small market but when Malaysia signs on to these different um, trade packs, again Malaysia becomes a bit more um, a bit more um, attractive because again suddenly our market becomes uh, bigger. Um, so I think this is one of the attractiveness uh, points for investors investing in Malaysia. Um, not only is Malaysia part of you know the ASEAN Free Trade Agreement, but also the CPTPP. Uh, minus um, the U.S., but now with the U.K. Um, having signed on. Um, so I think, again, what I mentioned before was that how do we ensure that local players are also able to tap into these benefits and not just, you know, bigger and also larger and like um, bigger um, local companies as well as um, bigger uh, multinational companies. Um, they do have the resources. These companies do have the resources to understand the provisions, to have uh, different resources, to be working on adhering to those provisions while the MSME players may not have those um, resources at hand. So this is, again, where I feel that the government agencies would need to uh, play a bigger role in socializing these provisions to um, these MSMEs, given um, they are um, limited um, resources. Um, yeah. Mr. Chin, is there anything you'd like to add there in terms of the importance of these kind of trade deals for local Malaysian businesses? I think for for trade uh, agreements such as all this that have been implemented are 
very much to strengthen the economic ties and also facilitate, you know, the business tra- trade translation amounts, uh, uh, the Malaysian uh, uh, SME and also manufacturing, especially in manufacturing, but not solely only in manufacturing because you also have to look into uh, services. Malaysia also export a lot of IT services, you know, uh, global management services, you know, all these uh, call centers, you know, and, and also we have other services that involve, right? Only on manufacturing side, uh, I believe with the NMI, NIMP 2030, that will already help to, to level up the Malaysian manufacturing, uh, especially those are from the smaller one, to make them into the mid-sized SME and hopefully one day they can grow mm. much bigger from there via this program. So the NIMP is, is a very key uh, uh, initiative that I believe they should put in more emphasis and get it faster on the ground. You know, 2030 is still very far. Right, of course, it's seven years, but the uh, business sometimes can't wait. Especially right now, we open up the market for others. We, of course, we have other market. We don't go, and they are coming in, and uh, we can see that uh, we're going to lose a lot of business opportunity, and not too good for our business here. So, Mr. Chin, exactly the point, right? Because when you have a free trade agreement or you have these trade deals, there's it's two ways. It's not just Malaysia can go overseas and uh, tap into those markets. So, talk to us a little bit about how you, as as local businesses, how do we balance this? Because We've got to have that capacity to go overseas. Um, so, is are, are businesses here concerned about the, this 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 kind of relationships? Yeah, we are, especially for those uh, trading side, uh, small manufacturers. Uh, they are quite pretty worried. But on the manufacturing side, Malaysia has its own unique uh, product that I think mm. we shouldn't be much worried about because all these people have been there. Uh, the only fact is that we hopefully that we can develop more services to be exported. Services like IT services, that is another part that we should look into. In fact, there are a lot of uh, gig services that provide individually, right? They are programmers, they are doing, they're taking project from Middle East, they're taking project from uh, UK, all those things. So those are the things we can actually group them together and build a bigger one, you know, and maybe some, I don't see any specific in, uh, ministry or agency that particularly help into doing this. So maybe in the NMIP, they should also put some, emphasize on how to help and develop on the service side. On the manufacturing side, I think they have a good plan. Uh, if you ask me, I would prefer government to identify those uh, potential SMEs in manufacturing that can grow from small to mega to big. And then handle them. You know, try to help them to, a- to access to different markets since we open up so many markets for them. And we have those officers there, market have officers everywhere. They probably can specifically, you know, target this company and make it a success for them and really uh, take initiative and putting full responsibility to make sure this thing happen. Not not like just, you know, it's my responsibility to help you, but it's your responsibility to do your own business. It, it could be both ways. You know, in those years in Taiwan, when Taiwan, before they move up the, the supply chain in terms of a big giant into IT industry, the government, in fact, group them together, give them a lot of incentive, bring them up overseas. And even today, you know, you, they, you can see them coming here setting their own booth. Of course, I didn't say much, we don't do that. But a lot, of, a lot of times, we are putting our own money, our own effort to do that. There's no specific attention was given to this group of people. Right? I hope that they can categorize those products that Malaysia have, uh, uh, what they call, advantage to grow to a bigger uh, market or bigger, from small corporation to a bigger one, and then help them. Now, to uh, wrap up this conversation, um, Give us a sense for your respective expectations uh, or ideal, ideally what you'd like to see from uh, Anwar Ibrahim's government for 2024 
that will help boost the business uh, community and landscape here in Malaysia. Um, Dr. Juwita, let's start with you. Um, yes, I think um, moving forward, I would like to see um, not only, you know, the availability of allocation of funding for digitization and automation for, um, you know, the, the local players. But I think what is mostly needed for local players um, would be the assistance in terms of training and upskilling. Um, so again, um, these funds or these grants uh, really need to be tweaked uh, based on the needs um, according to the firm size, its business type, as well as the ecosystem that they're in. Um, so I think the government can improve more on this um, front uh, because, again, when we did talk to businesses on the ground and especially small, medium enterprises, um, they said that even though there are funding available, again, because of, you know, um, um, the lack of one-stop centers, they don't know who to go to in terms of information gathering we also did see that um, because the stringent uh, rules were given out for these grants, um, some of the MSMEs were not able to tap into those. I think there needs to be a retweaking a bit of, of how these fundings can be accessible. Um, allocation is needed, but again, the key um, issue uh, to overcome is on accessibility and also uptake. Right. And uh, Mr. Chin, uh, your thoughts on expectations from ANWA's government for 2024 that will help boost the local business ecosystem? Number one, I want the PM to ensure political stability. Mm. This is a very important thing that we can... But we see there's something that's going well now. But this is also another important. We don't want to see another change of uh, government or whatever that will happen. And uh, we hope that the, every day all the FDI coming in, you know, all the uh, projects are going to bring in and... Uh, Strengthening the U.S. Uh, ringgit against U.S. dollar also another factor that we hope that they can they can do something about it. And uh, more importantly, I hope that the government can also increase their spending. You know, when government roll out more projects and spending, you know, in 2024, that will be good for most of our SME businesses. And uh, lastly, to improve the public servant efficiency, the public sector, uh, they are still create a lot of issue for us in terms of ease of doing business. And of course, some of them are not because of central government, it's probably because of the state or even the local council. And uh, we hope that he can take serious look into it as well as the very key concern for us is that the Auditor General reports that so many mm. negligence, you know, all this stuff that, that, that leads to corruption or whatsoever, they should take them into into court or whatsoever and take some true action and then uh, do, do what, he's, what he meant. Mr. Jin, a lot of good points there and definitely the AG's report, I think we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, concerning things come out from there, but as we do every year, so hopefully uh, PMX can uh, reduce those leakages uh, as we go forward. Uh, Dr. Juwita, right. Mr. Jin, thank you so much, both of you, for your time today. Folks, I, uh, we were speaking with Dr. Juwita Mohammad, Director of Research and the Director of the Economics and Business Unit over at the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs, more commonly known as IDEAS. We also have Mr. Chin Chi Siong. He's the National Secretary General at the SME Association of Malaysia. 
If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. Our shows are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just look up Enterprise Biz Bytes. I'm Roshan Karnison. This has been Enterprise Biz Bytes. Keep it here at BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.